33, Psalm 33. Uh, Rejoice in the Lord, you owe ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, and sing unto him with a psaltery and with an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a loud song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the Lord is, word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. This For tonight, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. May the Lord have blessing to the reading of his word. Those verses should make us all sit up and pay attention in, in light of the events of the last couple of years. We started with a thankful heart. We are to be thankful for all that God has done for us. We are to rejoice in the Lord. And the first on your outline there, number one, is uh, complete trust in the Lord results in a thankful and worshiping heart. Rejoice in the Lord, etc. And then the last time we talked about making or singing a new song, make a, play skillfully, make a loud noise, etc. And that was two times ago. Then secondly, we learn to rely completely on the Lord by recognizing the power of his word. And that's where we're sort of going to begin right there. Chapter 33, verse 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. I was also asked today, how is it that Satan was able to sin in heaven when there's no sin? And so I've had a lot of good questions. And do angels really come to carry you home to heaven? And where is paradise? And so I ask a lot of good questions today. We are to trust in the Lord and the power of his word. And first of all, then, number one under that, the power of God's word is seen in his, here's your blank, creation. In his creation, a 16th century theologian said, the psalmist brings before us God's creation of the world because until we believe that he created all that is, we won't believe that the world is controlled by his wisdom and power. In other words, believing that God created the world also leads us to the truth of his providence in ruling the world, which the psalmist develops through 10 to 12, etc. But we find then that he, if we believe that God created, then we can believe that he is ruling the world. Uh, the, the, rejects the, the, the worldly mindset rejects God ruling, but it relates to, really directly to our believing that he controls the circumstances of our lives. I believe he's working all things to our good as we follow him, serve him. He's working all these things for our good, not necessarily they're easy things, but they're working for our good. So to develop a thankful, worshiping heart, we must then bow before the Lord as we realize his immense power and speak uh, as he spoke the universe into existence, driving down the Sandy Hook today. I was thinking, Lord, I can't imagine someone being able to control all the people in one county. And yet you are, are understand, not control, understand people in one county, but you understand every single person across the world. Doesn't that... Just that blow your mind that God is so infinitely greater than us. Question number one, 
should humankind have any difficulty bowing before the God who is the creator and sustainer of all? And the answer is no. We should have no difficulty. It should not be hard for mankind, if you're not arrogant and prideful, to say, Lord, we, we bow before you, please. We, we're trusting in you. The immensity of the universe is absolutely staggering. From the journal Stardate, and I looked at a few of these from NPR. Of course, it's, it's from an evolutionary mindset. There is the new telescope called the James something telescope, and it sees further, further, we've never seen before. But there's evidently regions in space that are completely devoid of things. Uh, 10,000 times greater than the distance of our Milky Way, 1 billion light years across, and there's all these huge galaxies. It's why we proclaim, when I consider the heaven and, and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Can you imagine? How is it that God even knows and cares about us when you consider what he's doing by controlling the universe? It is astounding, astounding. Question number two, I might have jumped ahead of that one. Uh, uh, what is estimated number of galaxies in the universe? It's as low as 1 to 100 to 200 billion, as high as 2 trillion. Oh, this is galaxies, like the Milky Way. At low, at low end, 100 to 200 billion. High end, 2 trillion galaxies. Now, I just get 2 trillion is a huge number. And just think of that many, even that many, just that many stars, but that not that many galaxies. And so the, it, it is, is amazing. Hush. Phone. I don't know what I said back. I did the same thing when I was teaching today. Somehow I said something and it started talking back to me. Well, we, we struggle, though, to understand, to grasp, and we cannot grasp. And by the way, would you want a God that you could just simply make of your own and know everything that God is thinking? No, we want a God that's far beyond us. That knows our hearts and lives and still loves us is amazing. He is, and I, you keep talking like God is amazing. I am, because He is. Jesus is is the reason why we even exist, and He is what makes heaven wonderful. The lady said today, asked me. She said, "Now, is heaven still being made, or are people going there? Or are, are the people going to paradise, or because heaven's still being made?" Good questions. And so I, I, I tried to, with Scripture, by the way, if you're going to help someone, the Bible says that is the key. The Bible says here, the Bible says there, and that helps them that it's not just your talking. God didn't have to, you think he had to struggle? The question number 2A, maybe it's 2A, or question 9 maybe, they got my numbers off there. Do you think that God had to struggle and strain to create the universe? No. The Bible says here he spoke and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. And so he, by the word of his power, is it any wonder why Martin Luther said of Satan, one little word will fail him. I mean, if God can create the universe and the stars, he made the stars also on day four by the power of his word. Don't you think that one little word can fail Satan? Yes, absolutely. I like what, the, I like what uh, Henry Morris, one of my all-time favorite uh, heroes, said at top page two. The vast spaces of the cosmos with all their immeasurable stars and galaxies were called into existence instantaneously by the omnipotent word of Christ. God did not use processes of stellar evolution in his purpose. In his purpose. If such processes could account for the universe, then God would be redundant. Ever thought about that? 
The Genesis account reveals 17 occasions of God speaking. If evolution is true and God said that make, would make God redundant, that simply we got to where we are by evolutionary model, then God's not necessary. I'm telling you, the Bible's clear. God spake everything. It was done. He commanded it stood fast. Creation's a miracle of God's power. He created everything out of nothing by his word alone. As with all miracles, you cannot prove it. Here's your blank. You must accept it. By faith. But without what? It's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Thought just this week about, boy, if we just could go to heaven and spend five minutes there, then we know when we die, we know where we're going. If we could just see that the way, how do we get from here to heaven? Honestly, I believe very likely an angel comes to take us to be with him. Do we have guardian angels? Very possible. But, we, but if we had those five minutes, but see, that's then we would not have the need of faith. You see the importance of faith? If, if God answered all our questions, and then, then what, what? I'm going to heaven, I know where I'm going, so I can live, maybe perhaps I can live however worldly. You see, how do we know this is the best way? Because God has seen, he could read through every possible scenario. The best for us to grow is to trust him. And that's what he wants. He wants us to believe and trust him, that he has it. So my last breath on earth, He's got it planned. And I'm going to go from here to absent from the body. Present with the Lord. I said it today. I said the one thing I can tell you with certainty. The Bible is clear. When the Christian dies, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Where God is now. I can tell you, you know, et cetera. He spake and it was done. He commanded it stood fast. Just like that light be, he said, and light was. The word from him and the universe rushed out some 15 billion light years into space. Just one word. Just one word. According to NPR, and this, uh, I was looking at this one site, they said, they've seen supposedly uh, galaxies only 450, or created 450 million years, million years after the Big Bang. So there's a lot more, they say there's a lot more galaxies close to the Big Bang than they thought. Well, if you go to the Bible, you see how they were all created by once by God. And so they were all there together at the same time. I don't understand how you can think, for, how do you know 450 million years? How are they determining that? I, it's much easier. The tangible thing is I can hold my hand as God's word. The only alternative to God creating everything is what? Everything happened out of nothing. But you can't get something from nothing. There is the cause and effect. No effect can be greater than the cause. That's a scientific law. No effect can be greater than the cause. So this phone, there is a greater cause than this phone. That was the people who put it together starting in 2007. And so how can we have everything from an explosion that basically every time I saw something explodes, it goes apart, not starts congealing together. So you have to, you have, your religion is either evolution or your religion is Christianity and you believe what God created. Evolution is just as much a religion. You must by faith, but we believe by faith with the evidence. Astronomers there are aware, question number three, what's an expanding universe? Now, again, science says, Nothing new is being created or destroyed. And I, interesting, if you have a Henry Moore study Bible, I'm reading his note from Ecclesiastes. I read it this morning in Devotions. Ecclesiastes chapter, you can read the verse with me if you like. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, the men should fear before him. Here he says, in addition to emphasizing the immutability or unchangeability of God and his works, this passage anticipates the great scientific principle of conservation. Conservation of energy, mass, momentum, charge, etc. Nothing is now being either created or annihilated. An entity may be changed in character and even deteriorate in quality, but it must be conserved in quantity. In other words, when I... When I pass, my body's going to decay. But it's not like it'll completely disappear into nothingness. The elements are still going to be there, and God's going to take those in some capacity, some way, and he's going to put me back together again, like Humpty Dumpty, only a lot better thing, I guess. But there we are. And so, these got expanding universe. It is like, when God created the universe, I'm not saying there's new planets and stars being created. Science says, the Bible indicates God created it. His creation work was done in the six literal days of creation week. But they are traveling apart from each other up to 100 million miles an hour. These galaxies are traveling. So it's expanding, not multiplying. Expanding universe is they're not, they're just traveling away from each other. Now you can imagine for eternity, if we do go to the planets and colonize the planets, stuff like that, which is, I believe, very possible. We can do. Think how many there's. What? What will we do for eternity? There's going to be a lot to do. Most of all, praising God. And so there's a lot of pastor. We're getting from the what? Just if you read the Bible through, etc. And that's what I believe that very possibly. Remember, heaven is far more than the New Jerusalem. We narrow it down. You've said that over and over. I know, but most people get hung up on that. The heaven is only gates of pearl and streets of gold. That's the new Jerusalem where the Lamb's going to reign from. But that new Jerusalem comes down to the new earth. And people are said to come and bring their up, up to the new Jerusalem. So there we are. And the doors are open, so they have to be able to get out. Just, just, just putting some things together. So there we are, expanding universe, galaxies traveling apart from one another. I'm not, again, saying they're making new stars and planets, etc. The recent astronomers have photographed quasars, uh, galaxy objects, and exceptional brilliance, distances they believe up to 15 billion light years away. One light year is 6 trillion miles. Now, discovery in your outline of an expanding universe has upset the old theory of a steady-state universe, one in which the universe was believed to have been eternal and without beginning. Asked today, how is it that God always was? How is it that God always was? Did he have a beginning? I said, no. God is the only being that's eternal. Father, Son, and Spirit. I don't know if I added that, but I said... If you're a Mormon, you believe that he had a beginning. I said, but God's the only, he's the only one who's eternal. We have everlasting life from this time forward. Only God has always existed. That's hard for me to grab. I believe it with all my heart. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around. God's always been there. There was never a time when God wasn't there. He created the world, but our God is everlasting. He is eternal. Not even the angels are eternal like God, they are creative beings as well. 
So this static universe, the theory is no longer tenable because it fails to accommodate all the facts of science. The universe did have a beginning, God spoke it into existence, and a very remarkable beginning it was. These new discoveries in astronomy were anything but welcome to many scientists because they didn't really have an explanation. And, and, and they, they get to a point in time where they, they, they just... They've got to admit something. They've got to come up with some kind of answer. The crux of the problem was simple. If the universe simply exploded the Big Bang into existence at any given moment in time, what caused the Big Bang? It certainly had to be a cause commensurate with the result. Many simply did not want to face the implications that they've been confronted with because when you look behind that, when you whittle it all the way down, well, where did it really start from? They don't want to turn that next page because on that next page you find God. And we don't want to admit that, so we've got to find some other way to explain everything. To the materialists, the discoveries in astronomy are like a bad dream. Theologians were right all the time. In the beginning, God created. The psalmist put it this way. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, verse 6, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. You cannot argue with that on a scientific grounds, at least. Verse 7. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depths in storehouses. Now, I immediately think uh, of the, the parting of the Red Sea and the waters on one side and waters on the other. Now, the psalmist, think back with me now, could he have seen all the big waters of the world? Most likely not. Perhaps the Red Sea at the Gulf of Aqaba. He would have seen that. Question number four, what, would, what world ocean covers 64 million square miles at an average depth of 14,000 feet? Pacific Ocean. 36, one, 30, can you imagine 36,000 feet under the water? We would like, we would implode. 36, very quickly. But yet there's creatures down there as long as they go. Who knows about those creatures? God. Perhaps there's a dinosaur living down there. I really think, I, I'm going out, the, not too far out on a limb, dinosaurs could still be alive today in the remote parts of the earth, under the, in the water. I really honestly think they could easily be dinosaurs because they were, it's only, what, come off the ark, it's only 4,000 years. Job saw, did Job not see dinosaurs? In, were they not alive in Job's day? Yes, they were. Is that not after the ark? Yes, it was. To gather them together in heaps, he layeth up the depths and storehouses. The common sense behind the universe is a God who is at once omniscient and omnipotent. Well might the world stand in awe of him. Should men be moved to the depths of their being by the thought of such a God and not try to thrust that God away from him? We should as a mankind bow before such a holy, righteous Powerful God. There was a Princeton University professor, a scientist, who, who has made important contributions to the theory of the expanding universe. He said, what the universe was like at, the day, at that day, minus one, before the Big Bang, one has no idea. The equations refuse to tell us. I refuse to speculate. But that, however, is illogical driven by the logic of the facts he gets to the very point is what started the big bang and he doesn't want to look beyond that curtain because there's only one being beyond that curtain and that is god we don't want that i refuse to speculate truth remains falsehood dissipates 
There's no need for speculation. The God who is there revealed himself. The psalmist uses for God, interesting, in verse 6, if you're following there and haven't fallen asleep yet, I trust you haven't. I trust you're following along. This is so exciting. It's because you studied it for a while. By the word of the Lord. Now, that word Lord, Can you? I want you to help me here. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital, I'm going to do the O-H-I-O, D. What? Name for God is the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, we call it Yahweh. It is Jehovah God. He's the self-existing God. That's who he says in verse 6. So by the word of the Lord, now can you go back with me, Genesis 1-1? In the beginning, God, Elohim. Elohim, Jehovah God. Okay, Jehovah. He was. He's. He's. He's the God. The creation God. Jehovah. Uh, Jehovah is the God of Revelation. This Lord, Elohim, creation God. Jehovah, the Revelation God. So He's revealing Himself. So by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them. Verse eight. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Jehovah. The word that the Jewish people will not say, I believe, is that one. They will say, they'll put, they'll put G, underline, and D. If you ever see that written, G, underline, and D, is because someone does not want to pronounce the name of God or write the name of God out of respect. So Yahweh, he, he's the he's the self-existing one. Question number five in 33.8, what are the inhabitants of the world to do in light of the awesomeness of of God. Stand in awe. There's a, two or three songs. I stand, I stand in awe of you. And that's what we should do in light of who he is. Question number six and 33.9. How much room is there for other interpretations of the origin of life and of existence? For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. There are no other options if you are going to be biblical. If you want to be something other than biblical, yes, you can come up with some other option. But this is the grandeur of heaven. He did that for us. He has made this world for us to live in. There was no way to harmonize or reconcile this text with a view of the universe and life on earth came by random chance over billions of years. Do you see? Can you not see? And I'm preaching to the choir. If you look at the biblical history from Adam, there is a legacy. There is generations. There is a history of mankind right here. It doesn't include billions of years. It's 6,000 years. 10 at the most. 6,000 years. That's all there is. You cannot fit in any way billions of years if you simply believe what the Bible says. The process of evolution over billions of years... No, God spoke and it was done instantly. The obvious application is that we should fall on our faces, be such a powerful creator. Look with me, hold a few, let go of your place if you want. But 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Paul applies this doctrine. If you turn over there, please, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, 5 and 6. 4, 4, 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, 5, 6. 2 Corinthians, Paul says in 4.4 of 2 Corinthians, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, 
lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, who shined the light out of darkness. And this is the condemnation that men love dark, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. John 3.19. So the power of God's word is seen in his creation. Secondly, the power of God's word is seen in his counsel of 33.10. If you want to go back over to 33.10, I am watching the clock. You've got a couple minutes yet. 33.10, please, of Psalm. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of non-effect. Question seven, is God impressed by the atheism and militarism of countries like the Soviet Union, China, North Korea, or even our own country. I've chosen China to highlight for just a minute. China is, by the way, they are under, they are in a, a quagmire right now because they tried to do the lockdown again and had a lot of feedback from that, if you would. Uh, but God is not impressed with atheism of the world. China has a population of 1.4 billion. There are now over 8 billion people on earth, by the way. They have a density population of 153 per kilometer. We have 36 per kilometer in America. There are 35 million people in China who live in caves uh, because of the architectural style, and it's easier to heat and easier to cool. It was the fastest growing economy for 30 years. Now it's second. It has 18 cities with a population of over 10 million. China has 18 cities. How many does America have over 10 million? Zero. New York City has 9 million and something. It builds a skyscraper. I think I told Andrew this. Every five days. China builds a skyscraper every five days. It has enough railway to loop around the earth three times. Three times. That's 75,000 miles. Over, the earth is 25,000 miles in circumference. 75,000 miles of rail. It has Confucianism of the past. It has 400 sub-styles of Chinese Kung Fu. It has, in Beijing, they eat scorpions on a stick. The scorpions are sold on the streets, are grabbed alive, and then they're poked, dipped in oil for a second or two, skewered on the stick, and munched on in China. They have some of the world's greatest records. They have the longest wall in the world. They have the tallest Buddha. They have the largest imperial palace, and yet it is a nation filled with genocide against the Uyghur people. It is a nation who is under under uh, it's 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 trying to flex its muscles, but it's a nation who has adopted since 1949. You know what the religion in China is now? Atheism. That's the official religion. Atheism. Would God agree with William Ernest Henley's words when he says, "I am the master of my fate." I am the captain of my soul. Do you not see that mankind, even our own country, just yesterday, the decision of our own government to, uh, to vote for the, the Respect of Marriage Act, which, which what does the two big things it does, it's going to, number one, force everyone to recognize same-sex marriage, and secondly, it, it, it repeals the Defense of Marriage Act. And so that's going to be most likely approved and passed or government, but we, we can't, God is, marriage, by the way, is before any kind of 
government system. Marriage is, God ordained marriage before any country put it together. We cannot stand. When you think you're going to stand against God Almighty, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Can I ask you, as I, before I pray, what is, the, what is the parallel of that? Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. What's the parallel? Unblessed is the nation whose the God's not the Lord. Right? I don't want to say cursed, but you're in, you're in deep trouble. Whose nation is not the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And woe unto those nations whose God is, right, would you say, who are standing especially in contra, uh, rebellion against God's law. And so the Bible's clear. We should be worshiping God. May we pray for our people, our leaders, our own nation, our churches, our churches, that we would turn to God and repent. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are patient with us. You love us. You care for us. Lord, your psalm, this psalm is so majestic, talking about who you are and who we are not. We are not God. You are. And Lord, we should, without any hesitation, bow our hearts and heads before you and worship you for even considering us. When I, when I consider what is man that thou art mindful of him. So Lord, we give you praise. We thank you tonight. We thank you for Jesus who came that we might have life everlasting. Lord, give us a heart for people. Give us a heart to share your news with love with others. May they see Jesus in me. May they recognize your face in my life. And if not, Lord, may I confess and get right with you. So Lord, be with us now as we go our way. Be with the many who are ill tonight. Watch over them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.